Belkhalis Almanzar was just a regular degular schmegular girl from the Bronx who catapulted to superstardom seemingly overnight as the self-proclaimed gangster in a dress known as Cardi B. And while there's no question she's currently one of the biggest names in music, we think it's safe to say she's the biggest name in music in recent memory, and we'll tell you why. Welcome to Don't At Me. Shoes, $1,200. Glasses, like $400. But bitch, my outfit, $20, bitch. Get yourself together, bitch. Know how to budget, ho. L. <laughs> what you like? What you like in it? Before I take this nap, right? Before I take this nap, you know, what? you know, what I understand. You know what my question is? When niggas be like, when I do a video, and people be like, "Oh, talk English, bitch," or learn how to speak English, and it's like, <laughs> my question to you is, what fucking language am I motherfucking speaking, then, bitch? Isn't this motherfucking English? Cause it surely ain't French. It damn sure ain't no motherfucking Spanish or Portuguese. It's motherfucking English. Welcome back, folks. Episode two. We made it. We out here. Well, we made it this far. We made it to a second episode. <laughs> There's enough interest so far, so... I honestly can't believe it. Oh. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank uh, my mother. I'd like to thank Cardi B. Cardi B! Cardi! Thanks so much for listening to our last week's episode about Janet Jackson. I hope I learned a lot, I think, from Will from that podcast. That was that was amazing. You really dropped some knowledge there. I hope you well, the knowledge is a great song by Janet Jackson, actually. Um, <laughs> I hope you all took the time to explore the uh, Janet Jackson catalog. There are some real bangers out there. There was. Yeah, and I think you really dropped some knowledge. But this podcast, we are taking it a bit more 21st century. How dare you? I'm just saying. We're gonna All bring... for you is 21st century. I know, but like... We're taking it to 2018. We're taking it to 20... Yeah, 2018. I guess that makes sense. Or 2019. I keep... Whatever. 2017 to 2019. We out here, basically. Yeah. All that matters. But this podcast originated off a conversation we had, I want to say it was maybe like three or four weeks ago, about the cultural relevance of what a woman named Cardi B has achieved... In also known lives. as her government name, Belkhalis Almanzar. I can't believe you can pronounce that. I kept reading that. I was like, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt it. Or I can say it in the Cardi voice. Belkhalis Almanzar. You did uh, it. It's more. I, I probably is like an Almanzar. Almanzar. Al, Al, Almanzar. Okay. I I can't exactly. You're get just gonna the end keep part of it. You have like three paintings of Cardi B in this in your bedroom. Just want to point that out. There is a hand-painted figure. There is a uh, Christmas card that I received. And actually, it's it's just the two. It's just the two. And I swear this wasn't just your idea to the Cardi B podcast. No, I I wanted to do this as well. This is a genuine conversation. And actually, as much as the, the format of this is not combative, but it's a bit of a point, counterpoint kind of thing, this is one that we actually do agree on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how this unfolds. Well, I just kept uh, one of the things I just kind of wanted to keep thinking about for this podcast was it, I wanted to have a bit of a debate, and then I kept trying to have the counter debate on Cardi B, and it's just impossible. It's she's she's one of the most likable celebrities I think we've had in the last you know probably decade. I mean, and, but, well, that's really her charm is the fact that regardless of what you think of her craft, she has a golden personality. Like, even if you don't necessarily agree with her views or the way that she does it, like, she's endearing. She's, she makes you laugh. Like, she, she has this quality to her. And essentially what we're going to get at is Cardi B is the biggest star to emerge in the last two years. I really don't know how you yeah. can disagree with us. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. Don't at us. Don't at me. Yeah. Literally don't at me with that statement. And don't – I really don't think there is another argument now – what I guess is what I want to get into is a bit to how did she get to that kind of rising star? How did she become this massive megastar mm-hmm. for now we look at her at 2019 and maybe we can put her on the same pillar as a Beyonce, Lady Gaga, those A-list celebrities. I think in terms of, in terms of the uh, name recognition and the uh, 
cultural factor at the moment for sure. Like she absolutely is on that level. I actually uh, had a conversation with one of our editors. Basically, I said Cardi B is the biggest star right now. He was taken aback. He was like, "That you're you're insane." That's da, da, da. But Cardi B is driving the news cycle right now. She's been driving the news cycle for the last year at least because she came out and, and took over with with music and then she became a pop culture figure because of the personality, the uh, personal life, the oversharing on social media, the uh, opinions and the way that she delivers things. So there really is just no argument, but I, I, it's interesting to look at how she got to that point because I think as much as she's been around for a few years now, people don't know her pre-Bodak Yellow, a lot of people. So let's lay the groundwork for people who aren't as immersed in Cardi B culture than I'm pretty sure you are a bit probably a bit more into the scene than I am, but I, I kind of know the basics of kind of the story. Of when did you, when did you first become aware of Cardi B? I first became aware was was probably Bodak. Was Bodak okay, so Yellow. she wasn't on your radar whatsoever. She wasn't on my radar. I never watched Love and Hip Hop. I never really watched the Instagram videos or the Vine videos that kind right. of pushed her to, uh, to to the fame she is today. I just knew Bodak was a banger. Yeah. Right? And it was the, what, summer of 2016? Kind of late summer. summer 2017. 2017. Late 2017 into the fall where that song was literally everywhere. Yeah. And Followed by a string of equally catchy, equally popular hits. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I, I hate that I'm going to drop this, but I was at Veld in 2017. <laughs> Hang on. You know what? Actually, I'm going to open the podcast with... <laughs> Okay, Veld is actually a lot of fun though. It was it's still it's still Veld. And again, I got uh, free tickets from a friend. I was I didn't pay admission to go to Veld. If that makes it any better, you still paid with your time. Okay, the headliner was Major Lazer, yeah. Diplo, and one of the songs he started playing was this wicked hip hop beat mm -hmm. with this female vocalist that didn't sound like Nicki Minaj, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of all in terms of the last maybe three to five years. Nicki Minaj has owned the pop charts with as a female rapper. Like she was kind of the only one that wasn't really contested. Yeah, there was right? a brief blip in 2014 where Iggy Azalea became a thing, but then she equally quickly fell off. Right. So again, I pull up my phone, Shazam, I'm like, who what the hell is this beat? This is fucking incredible. Yeah. Find out it's this Cardi B character, right? And that's all I got. This Bodak Yellow song is great. Then you start doing the research, you go on Google, and she is just everywhere, right? She's got Soundbite after soundbite, Instagram video, Twitter video, all that kind of stuff. You're just like, this this woman's a character. Yeah. She's hilarious, yeah. right? So the first time I heard it was Bodak. And that song still, I think, is her best track ever. You think it's her best I think period? I think it's her best track period. Interesting. I actually yeah. have not thought about that. I'd love to revisit this in a second. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've thought about what my favorite or what I think her best song is. Where did you where did you hear Cardi B first? So I vividly remember the first time. This was in the early 2010s, earlier this decade, when uh, Tumblr was still a thing. And I was never one of those kids that like sat forever and ever on Tumblr. But I would you know scroll through. I knew that that was at the time that was the place to get my meme content, my uh, any sort of online content, any sort of like fandom thing. Tumblr was a place for it. So I'd scroll here and there, look for some funny stuff, and I. I don't remember which video it was, but I remember it was something that she said and it was very raunchy, very explicit. But she, I just was like, oh, this is, this is great. And I bookmarked it. And I remember seeing her more frequently from that point on. Uh, the one that I vividly remember, it's cold outside, but I'm still looking like a thotty because a hoe never gets cold. And <laughs> like that alone, the sound bite of that, this was a six second vine. This was so she really is a, a social star, right? In the same way that like Justin Bieber emerged on YouTube and uh, Shawn Mendes emerged on Vine, like she emerged via social media, and she was this character. I never at that point I was like, okay, so she's like an Instagram comedian. She's you know some ratchet person who just kind of exists and comments on things. And then you know I kept loose uh, following of her, but I don't even think that I fully realized she was. A regular on Love and Hip Hop, and then I heard, I remember I was on the bus on the way to work, and I saw oh people were talking about this Cardi B song, and I'm like wait, she's a thing, and I did know that she had a couple of like World Star Hip Hop exclusive songs, and she had a mixtape, but I truthfully did not pay much attention to them. When Bodak dropped, people were taking it seriously. I was like oh let me listen to this, and 
it wasn't instant like first listen, but I definitely went, oh, she's on to something. Then when, so same weekend, I think you were at Veld, I was at OVO in Toronto and she came out as one of the surprise guests. And at the time I was like, okay, so like, it, it's this song. Okay. It's Cardi and had a fun time with it. But the way now that I, at every single social gathering, perform that song you're front not, to back. You're not lying. Any time that I'm in a social setting and the night is closing out and you want something else to keep the night alive or you're at a club and the song comes on, I will take myself to the front of the gathering and spit that song front to back. It always garners an audience, always garners a reaction. It's my party trick. If I knew then when I was at OVO what an impact this song was and really took in how hot it was. Oh my gosh. I would have been, I would have probably rushed the stage. <laughs> how, how it's really left a, a mark I on mean, your life and on your kind of day to day interactions. This is, beings. this is yeah. part of why it's obviously a personal level, but like, yeah. I do think the Cardi B is the biggest star out there because she has this presence that goes beyond just her music. So it was interesting when you were naming those other stars who have used social media as a, you know, basically the platform to push their startup. Obviously, Justin Bieber became this massive star off YouTube, right? The whole right. story with Usher finding Bieber. The one thing that's incredible about Cardi B is the fact that she was just an entertaining human being on social media. It wasn't like she was pushing music, per yeah, se, yeah. right? She was just this six-second soundbite that I would watch and I'd send to my friends and this is hilarious. She's, look how ridiculous this Cardi B is. She's yeah. so funny. Yeah. She's talking about being a hoe. She's just like this entertaining human being, right? Yeah. So that is what I think is most the most fascinating is that we've kind of watched her grow from internet sensation of just being a part of meme culture yeah. and being this sort of loud, obnoxious, but... I'm just being who I am. This is who I am. I'm Cardi B. To now this A-list rapper, A-list yeah. superstar. She's that... invited to sit front row with Anna Wintour at fashion shows. Like that is major. But we've watched that progression, mm -hmm. right? Like we now we know the story of Cardi B. It is a beautiful rags right? you, to bitches story. You 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 probably walk the walk the listener through. So what, how do we start off with? How does the Cardi well, B story begin? So what had happened was. She was just this, as she puts it, a regular degla schmegla girl from the Bronx. She dropped out of high school to go and be a stripper to make money because all she wanted to do was she was about that money. She wanted to secure her bag. She starts stripping. She loved it. No, she... but you missed the, the most important part, though. She was working at a supermarket. Do you hear this? Right. And the fact that she got fired from the supermarket because she gave some customer a discount and the manager basically said, you've got a nice body. You go should go be, yeah. work at the strip yeah. club. And she thinks about that. And obviously, like, she was embarrassed that this is what this man told her to do. Yeah. But she's like, fine, all right. I, I guess this is what I'm going to do now. And she started making money. And she started, you know, she basically had that positive outlook where, like, okay, if you're a stripper, maybe you feel like this is the bottom of the barrel. But she took that opportunity and turned it into what she is now basically. to quote to quote the opening track from her debut album invasion of privacy you said dance in the club right across from my school i said dance not mm, don't get it confused had to set the record straight because bitches love to assume <laughs> let me just tell you bodak yellow is not my only party trick folks God, or i should i say my only cardi trick don't have it <laughs> uh okay so she was a stripper she kind of. She was a yeah. stripper. Uh, she started posting these social videos. She then uh, caught the attention of the producers of VH1, specifically Mona Scott Young, who gets a shout out in Bodak Yellow. I just went and checked the mail. Another check for Mona Scott. Put her on Love and Hip Hop. At that point, she, so she wants to be a rapper. Is put on Love and Hip Hop, and and if you're not familiar with Love and Hip Hop, think of like a Real Housewives kind of show, but for. Uh, musicians like for for female rappers and none of them are really taken seriously none of them has charted on 
billboard, at least not significantly, like maybe somewhere in the bubbling under or, you know, lower positions of the chart, but they don't actually, they're not big rappers generally. When did she become a rapper? That's the part where I, I couldn't really find too, too much. Like obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. So her first mixtape came out in 2016. Gangsta Bitch Music Volume 1. Okay. Yeah. But that is after Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. She started on Love and Hip Hop. She was at least on it in 2016, if not 2015. But I first became aware of her maybe like, let's say 20, let's say 2014 to be safe, maybe 2013. So she's been around for a few years, but like in terms of an actual celebrity uh, or someone in the sphere of Hollywood and uh, uh, the mainstream, or at least the, the um, production, let's say 2016. So the argument is we were trying to compare her to different artists of the last two years that have kind of popped off. So yeah. one, one of the names that kind of came to mind was was Post Malone. He's the first one that came to mind, really. Right? Yeah. Because if you th look at Post Malone from 2017 to 2019, mm -hmm. in terms of the Billboard charts, he's got several hits that he can kind of attest to. And it's kind of been the, I don't want to say the face of Spotify, but I feel like he's just like, He's kind of the head of like Spotify core music, where everywhere just kind of sounds like this sort of trappy, I'm singing, sort of just kind of generic trap music. Yeah. Is kind of what Post Malone has done. Yeah. And in contrast with Cardi B, he's nowhere in the media. You can never really find a Post Malone quote. You'll never see Post Malone on a tabloid. You will rarely see him. The last time I saw him on TMZ, if I recall, was the time that he had some emergency on a plane and they had to uh, emergency land it. Mm -hmm. But that's like any person of notoriety would happen. It's not like people are prying into his personal life. They care about his girlfriend. They care about you know where he's at and da da da. Maybe his fan base does, but not the general public. So in terms of popular culture kind of clout, it's totally not about the numbers anymore. It's about the numbers and the tabloid and just being the face around popular culture. Like with, with Cardi B, for instance, and what I find so fascinating about her is that she's just a walking sound clip. Yeah. She is... She, she gives you a soundbite without even trying. And trust me, because in my work, I have to condense her sometimes to like 10 seconds. That's tough to find one 10 second bit. They, they're, they're there, but it's like, which one do I choose? And I don't think there is anyone in popular culture that can do what she does in terms of sound bites. No, because but, I think that part of it is specifically in 2019 when it's so based on running your social media. Like any, any major star who's using social media is generally filtering on some level. They're showing what they care to show. Or they're, um, as we, I think we all do, hype something up a little bit, make something seem cool, make their life look cooler than it really is. Or they kind of give us this window into their lives. With Cardi B, everything feels like still that same regular deglish megala girl. Like that's what I think what her biggest selling point is that as much as now she, in the words of, of uh, again, get up 10, only person in her fantasy six figures, uh, it's this element of she's the exact same person. So I want to get into that because I don't think, I think there is a calculated like, kind of equation to what she does though. I don't think it's fully off the rails as people think and people, no. people kind of like, oh, that's it's Cardi B like going off. Oh, she's so funny and stuff. Yeah. Who goes off is Kanye West. Kanye West is a person of like someone who probably has a PR agent. Yeah. And he does not listen to that PR agent at all and just kind of goes off and does his own thing. I don't think Cardi B does that. I think Cardi B is the perfect kind of combination of genuine funniness, off the cuff, like kind of just sound bites. Yeah. But also uses it in a way and is probably listening to her PR people, listening to, you know, who's kind of in charge of Cardi. I'm just basically trying to say that Kanye West is someone who basically takes the platform and does whatever the fuck he wants, right? Yeah. And says stuff that's controversial, but he's like, fuck it, this is me, I'm Kanye. But Cardi, I think, has a little bit of, like, she listens to the people behind her who are helping her, in a way. She doesn't, I don't think, just, like, doesn't listen to them like Kanye does. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, I don't think it's fully on the cuff. I think there is some sort of, like, No, you're right, because I think if, if it were completely off the cuff, you'd see a lot more um, off the rails. 
Mm-hmm. Right, the way that Kanye will say things that people don't necessarily agree with, that get people fired up, that looks a bit sloppy. With Cardi, it just comes off as organic. It's like, oh, her in bed ranting about, you know. So today, you know, I was in the car and I pulled my window to, and it smelled like wide open ass. Like the kind of and that's not a direct quote, but that's the kind of thing that you could see Cardi B saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those things that are relatable that sell her and whatever. I think that I don't know that that was what she started off as, but I think that's the, she eventually realized okay, this is what works. And there definitely is, whether it's her or a team or, or whoever, recognizing what works and keeping with it. And I think that's, again, my comparison with Kanye is that Kanye was that kind of person when he started out too, yeah. right? He was outspoken. He would say what he feels like, but you could tell that there was a little bit of punk rock to it, right? He was kind of, yeah. I'm not listening to the authority, yada, yada, yada. Where Cardi, you can tell that you know she is her own being. She is being herself. But I can still feel a taste of the fact that there's a PR team behind her. And they know kind of what's going to sell with Cardi. It, well, you and, know what? Even then... Sorry, you know I should yeah. take it off. Keep going. No, no, no. It's, it's, I just wanted to say that I feel like Cardi is the perfect celebrity because she is that kind of outspoken human being and outspoken character. But she's able to kind of do it in a way that's going to basically reach all audiences. Yeah. I don't know that it's in the conventional sense of a PR team. I think that, you know, I know that she uh, has a close-knit circle around her, her her publicist patience, who's always with her um, on and off, offset, obviously that maybe is another segment we get into yeah. in a second. Um, the team of, I'm sure her label and, you know, bodyguard security, the familiar faces that are around that offer their opinion that she, I'm sure, takes to heart, right? Her sister, Hennessy, um, there's people that for sure influence what she does and try to advise her. I think I think part of it too is that she doesn't have the same level of things to complain about or to um, generate these controversial opinions in a way that Kanye does. Like Kanye, I think the difference is that he came up courting controversy, right? Cardi just talks. Like she is unfiltered, but she's not unfiltered about things that are controversial. Like lately she's dabbled in politics a bit, but it's things like she'll, she'll talk about, you know, the, the pain of going through labor and then coming out of it and having to get her body back. Like when she was talking about how, how, pardon my, my, uh, language here, but like the, the flabbiness of her vagina, that's not exactly how she put it, but she said, you know, I haven't felt, you know, I really don't want to, I don't want to, paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly what she said and I don't want to say the wrong thing here but like the fact that she says these things that are relatable to women to women of color to people of color to uh everybody she finds a way to relate to everybody and it's because at the core of it she is just unfiltered as much as I think that you're right there is a level of uh preparation and I'm sure maybe she like says it and someone vets it before she posts it but I don't know if that's true in all cases either. Like the Nicki Minaj argument, the like 11 videos that she posted at once. I don't know how much that went through a team. See, this is probably the skeptic in me. I feel like there is a team behind it because they know they could capitalize. Like a, uh, a PR team for a celebrity knows they can capitalize on a good feud, right? Like that's something that just generates eyeballs, that generates tabloids, it generates story, all that kind but of I stuff. But I think you're thinking that it's more constructed than, I, than it really is. I think that in the case of, like for example, let's go with that. Let's, let's dive into her versus Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really worth summarizing, but basically they don't get along. And in October, it hit ahead when uh, Nikki's Queen radio show on Apple Music, she used to basically drag Cardi through the mud. So Cardi then responded, and I don't know if this is the exact time that she responded, but they had some back and forth on that. And something at the end of October led to Cardi essentially going over, right? So she posted 11 videos on her Instagram, calling out Nicki Minaj, going through all these things, pulling up her phone and pulling up uh, uh, demos she'd been sent that she said she was sent first and um, trying to combat all these accusations that Nicki had fired at her. I don't think that that was a case of a team constructing the plan of, okay, you go live and post this. I think it was a matter of Nikki did this. Cardi probably said, I'm not going to be silent anymore. I'm going to say something. And her team probably went, you know what? No harm in that. I know. And I think it's the team knows what they're dealing with in terms of 
the the quote machine that Cardi B is. So Cardi B probably, I think, probably spoke as you said, probably to the PR team and said, "I'm going to respond to this. Yeah. I don't care what you, you're going to say. I'm going to respond." Yeah. But I think they have the the know how and know what they're dealing with with Cardi that whatever she's going to say is going to pop off and get retweets and get likes and become this massive story. They're like, do you know what? This could this could spin. This could this could be good, yeah. right? You know, she they she walks a good line in terms of pleasing her fan base and they know because she's such an honest human being and the fact that we have the receipts in terms of like her older videos that she's an honest person, she tells it like it is, all that kind of stuff that when she gets into that situation they're like I'm with Cardi. Yeah. Because I've got all of this kind of background and be like, all right, I agree with what Cardi's saying here. Yeah. I agree everything she's saying about Nicki Minaj. I, I I stand with her. Yeah. Like that's basically kind of the, the thing. I and I believe the PR team is just there for her. They're they're like, okay, go. It's 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 more of a fallback instead of a proactive thing that a lot of stars have of like the damage control and whatever. I think damage control for Cardi B looks very different than from a lot of people. They know they, they know Cardi's just not going to cross the line. I feel like if Cardi would have if Cardi's going to cross the line, she would have crossed it a long time ago. Yeah, and ultimately, I do think that that there's a genuine aspect to her that, as we said, like almost anything she does, she's just she's she's likable, right? Like she's had controversies, minor things over the years as she's come up, but uh, generally, people are drawn to her. And even if you know I, now, you kind of veer the line of like maybe her getting into overexposure. Um, I've heard people say, oh, like I'm, I'm tired of whatever. But generally, people still vibe to the music. They still buy into Cardi. Uh, I'm certainly one of those people. And I think in that sense, that's why, to bring it all back, she stands as the biggest star of this last couple of years because she singularly has captivated a whole slew of attention in a way that I don't think a star has been made like that. Like, you know, I think of 2009 when Lady Gaga first emerged and she was the biggest star at the time. And then, you know, Kesha came out along after that and she was a big star. And Justin Bieber was around that same time. Drake launched around that time. Um, the thing, the thing, it's funny. So I was doing the research before and like, I was trying to think of artists that have been similar to Cardi, this outspoken uh, human being that has, you know, basically just owned the tabloids. And you think of, you know, maybe in the '80s, Madonna, right? Yeah. Of obviously, being very provocative for what that culture. Well, and was. I don't even think it's about owning the tabloids in terms of trying to spin any sort of narrative. It's, it's just that fascination. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I think, the difference to bring it back to Post Malone is that people vibe to the music for sure. Like he, he's breaking records, he's holding records, he's he's uh, selling his music, selling out uh, uh, shows, but there's not that level of fascination with him as a person that I think adds to the star factor. I don't look at him as a star. We had this conversation at work maybe in the last year or so where I was like, he's he's kind of a who to me. Like he he's someone who I think people know the music. I don't think someone who's not a fan would go, oh, I, I know that Post Malone necessarily. I think that might be an age thing for us though. I think Post Malone for the, the age group of like 19 to 22 is a lot bigger of a deal than they is to, Absolutely. to our but, generation. But even going higher than that, like, I think a lot of our parents at this point know who Cardi B is. Even if it's a vague, like, awareness of Cardi B instead of, like, an actual I know who she is, they know the name. Post Malone, I think, is still just the guy on the radio. Oh, he has that song. Cardi B, I think they know, oh, she has whatever song. Or, like, I heard her on the radio once, but also, oh, yeah, she, ha she did that thing that was in the news. Well, because she goes also, she she makes herself available to media that that older generation will watch, right? She's on Fallon. She's on Kimmel. She does the late, yeah. late night talk show. Post Malone doesn't go anywhere near there. She may, He might do like a performance on Kimmel or Colbert or something, but there's no way you're going to have him talk to any of those late night people, right? He's, just, he's, not, he's not interesting. He's not fun. Well, and that's the thing is I wonder how much of it is the show's not being interested in how... Because I think that, yeah, if, if a show could get a sit down with Post Malone, I think they would take it. But I also feel like there's a reason why he probably isn't being pushed out onto Ellen and uh, the late night shows and this and that. There's not a reason, there's a reason why he doesn't do that many interviews. So my point I wanted to make in, in comparison to kind of the provocative artists like Madonna and then I also kind of wanted to compare to Lady Gaga is that 
I don't think any of them. I think they they're smart women, and they are they have been articulate in a way that they presented themselves in in a good fashion. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone. I don't think any female artist has been able to speak in sound bites like Cardi B does. I think since like the beginning of tabloid culture or pop culture or or, or magazine culture. Yeah, I think Cardi B is the perfect. Like honestly, perfect artist to get that ten second clip, and I think that speaks to our time where we're living in this place that all we want to do is get that five to ten second clip that's going to last on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, right. And she knows that. She's memeable. She's memeable, but I think we've we've seen provocative artists, but we've never seen someone who can speak so funny so quick and make a moment like Cardi B does. Well, yeah. When I first became aware of her, to me, she was a, a social media comedian. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever. Again, that first video they saw of her was some sort of funny thing that I was like, "Oh, this is good. I want to, want to keep her." In mind. And I saw her again, and I recognized who she was. And then I found out she was a rapper. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, that I think brings me to my next point with her as a star is the fact that we talk a lot about her personality, and yeah, there's that's a huge selling point. But the big thing too is that in addition to that, she also has hot music. Like Cardi now is associated with a hot track. And that's because of like she's only been around musically and in the mainstream since 2017, uh, but now she's associated with a hot track. So I'm gonna fight you on this. I think her music isn't that amazing. I think it's good. I think it's fun, but I don't think it's as groundbreaking as a person she is and the character she is. Let let that sink in. Let that sink in a little bit. I, so okay. So yeah. I, but to clarify, okay. I I wasn't making the case that she makes amazing music. It's like there's the basis of solid music. She's got she's got tracks. She's got she, tracks. Invasion of Privacy is an album of hits. Front to back, that album is hits. Yes, it was, and it, a lot of publications gave it an album of the year. And it she's was, up for album was, of the year. Yeah. She might win it on Sunday. But Drake was the best artist of 2018. Uh, that I think gets into a separate podcast. Okay. Because even then, you could talk about how Scorpion was a bloated album. But we can also speak on the fact that Drake owned 29 weeks on the top Billboard 100 or top one of Billboard 100. Yeah, because he, he took the songs he owned- that were hits and made them hits. But do we think that part of the draw with Drake was the volume? Because again, if you look at the sales numbers, he part of why he sold so well is because he had 25 songs. It, so it counted as two albums when he would chart. So he technically, if you take his number and divide it in half, mm-hmm. when people talk about, oh, let's make... Uh, Scorpion into a 13-track album, that would count as half the sales that he made. Okay, so I don't want to go too far to Drake. This, I'm going to go down a complete rabbit hole with this. I want to stick with, with Cardi. I see he's taking a sip. And I will take a sip too, Mr. Reed, okay? Your turn. Oh, you got to learn the art of a sip. Wow, wow, wow. How do you, okay, hold up. You, you got work to do, That's fam. a sip. Yeah, but that wasn't an, an audible, like an enjoyable sip. I like to do a big theatrical sip because yeah. it's an acknowledgement that something is messy or that like it's 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 shady. Yeah, well, like it's it's you're supposed giving to be. The sh- yeah, you're, it, you're, in theory is a subtle thing, and I'll maybe give like if if there's some drama going on, I'll give someone the eyes, and maybe I'll do a little sip. Or if I want to put on a show and be like, oh, I'm loving this drama, I will take an audible sip like that. Back to Cardi. <laughs> While I pour myself some more. So I find her music good. I do not think it's groundbreaking. I don't think it's... I, I think Beyonce makes better music. I think uh, Joanne wasn't great, but I think Lady Gaga makes better music. I just think that her... Obviously, she's a female hip-hop artist, and it's a different genre than what Beyonce and Lady Gaga, and even, like, it's to say, Taylor Swift as well, we can put in that category sure. as well. I think the music is good. I just don't I don't think it's great. I don't think unless she comes out with this crazy artistic piece of like let's say Cardi B comes out with her own my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I'm sorry. I, I keep bringing Kanye back into this, but I don't know. The album was good. I liked every track. It was fun. It was, you know, it had a lot of great features. I just I'm not going to remember 2018 as just the year of Cardi B of the musician, I'm gonna remember Cardi B as the pop culture icon. You know what I'm saying? That that's a point that I'm not gonna fight you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, and I don't think that she's a groundbreaking artist in that sense. I think, you know, symbolically as a female hip hop star, 
formulaically, it's not anything new either because Nicki Minaj has done it, Lil' Kim has done it, where you are um, rapping like this, you know, this hard figure, but you also have the sex appeal. You know, it's the blueprint that Lil' Kim invented and Nicki Minaj tries to uh, erase. But that's a whole separate, that's a separate <laughs> podcast there. Um, no, I think that the main thing is, as you say, and as I said, Invasion of Privacy is fire front to back. It's a solid album, which... Again, to quote Mariah Carey, not everybody has that. Uh, it's, it, I think that it really just comes back to the whole star package. There has to be the music behind it. You know, if we're looking at past examples, right? Lady Gaga had star power. She also had a solid debut album that then transpired into more solid music. Cardi has had the consistent, since Bodak Yellow, hit after hit after hit. She's had several tracks at the same time in the Hot 100. She's had uh, album tracks in the Hot 100. All of the songs, I think, on that album have been certified at least gold. So they've sold at least 500,000 units. I don't, I, I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying she doesn't have talent. I think she has a lot of talent. No, you're saying that, that, s- that her whole selling point is more than the music. And if anything, it might be more everything else than the music. And I think though, it wouldn't stand up without the music. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so we are in agreement. Got you. Yeah. Yes. So I think if she didn't have the songs, then the, the act doesn't work. Because again, like she, she didn't rise to prominence until Bodak Yellow started charting. And then when Bodak Yellow went number one and made history, because she was the first female rapper to get a solo number one in 20 years. But I'm saying basically, if, if let's just say Beyonce had the same personality as Cardi B. Sure. And they she was just outspoken and said everything and was you know not Beyonce because Beyonce doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I think Beyonce would be put on this larger pedestal because she's this outspoken figure with better music. So, okay, I'm going to disagree with you on that point because you love to make a comparison here. You love comparing an artist, whatever. Like, yeah. if you change that aspect of Beyonce and you make, you make her personality a Cardi B, that changes the entire equation of what Beyonce is. You have to keep in mind, Beyonce emerged in 1997 with Destiny's Child. If she was this outlandish figure, she might have gone solo earlier or in a more different way or whatever. But that changes her whole trajectory and it changed the way that she's marketed. So much of what Beyonce was, quite frankly, is because she was sellable to a mainstream audience at that time. If Beyonce was this outlandish personality, she would not have sold in the mainstream. She would not have been viable to the general public beyond a a BET audience, to be quite frank. But that's in 2000s culture. But that's what I mean. Okay. If if we were looking at Beyonce as she was, if Beyonce is emerging today, but that again is like Beyonce emerged in a group and in 2018, how do you make like Fifth Harmony couldn't happen. Little Mix isn't taking off in America. Like them, if Destiny's Child emerged today, I I think that's a whole different thing. And that's why I think that's a comparison you can fairly make. We're playing a bit of revisionist history with that. With like, I guess yeah. what you're saying is the fact that if, if she would have come out as Cardi B, I'm just saying that if she were a bit more vocal now though, Let's just say if Beyonce got a bit more political, which she did on Lemonade. We she does. Say. She does political her own way. Yeah. But let's say, like, if she was in the same sort of controversy right now with the conservative government. Yeah. The way Cardi B is, and the yeah. way Cardi B just full on like made a statement about the government shutdown, and it was great, and people retweeted it and talked about it. It was CNN top news for a day and a half. And curiously, Donald Trump, who loves to talk about his critics, had nothing to say about Cardi B. That's another separate point, but that's that I find very fascinating. That's something I want to get into, but I just want to think. I think it's what I, the point I want to make is. I think artists should start being a more vocal like Cardi, and I think what she shows is this kind of don't give a fuck attitude that people really just gravitate to. Yeah, people but also really, that she cares about things that matter to her, and that it, it comes back to the ge- genuine it's, aspect. It's genuine. Yeah, she, like, in interviews, I forget which one it was. I think it was in maybe the New Yorker. She did a profile when uh, the album came out in April, and she talked about her genuine fascination with with uh, government, politics, uh, presidents specifically. Like she could name every U.S. president from first to forty five. She can tell you what party they were. Uh, how many terms they certainly, she has all this random trivia because she just finds it fascinating. And that is another aspect of just the genuine factor of Cardi. Uh, Cardi, I love you. This is, this is a love letter probably to you, but please don't run for president. Please. I, 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 I don't think that she's, first of all, <laughs> Cardi's not eligible to run for president until, what year is it now? 29, she turned 26 this past year. So she's not eligible until 2027. It's just, you know, ever since Kanye made himself available for 2020. Everyone, any sort of celebrity with a political opinion now. Cardi, 2020, it's going to happen. 
Well, Please, we've got just, we've got yeah. for 2020. Apparently, we have Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kanye competing against Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. So I'm we're ready. gonna get a black president regardless. I'm ready, but I didn't want to make this political, but I'm going to. Wow. The one thing I think that's fascinating about Cardi B and what she kind of emulates with her soundbite culture is very similar to what got Donald Trump president. And I think we've had this discussion before. You mentioned this, I think, either via text or at some point in the, the last one, like, week or the, so. The reason Donald Trump is president is simple. He was a walking soundbite. He said things that were completely politically incorrect that made headlines, that were tweetable. He was not using mainstream media. He was using his own Twitter account to make points. He wasn't doing any sort of big interviews. He was kind of making, he was owning his own media narrative. Yeah. And you can kind of make the similarities to kind of what Cardi B has done. Obviously, completely different outlook in terms of objectives of what both of those different entities are looking for. Right. But... It's this similar sort of blueprint on how each of them kind of rose to fame in 2016, which got Trump elected, yeah. and to 2017, 2018, 2019. There's a level of the personality there because, yeah, otherwise Donald Trump was just a, a regular business guy. But right. he was a biz, business guy with a personality who loved celebrity, who loved having the attention on him, have, having a camera in his face, having people listen to what he had to say. Um, I get that comparison for sure uh, with Cardi. I think. Obviously, different motives for sure. Uh, I I personally don't see Cardi using that in a political sense, just because, no. like Trump, obviously used that to cater to a a bit more of a what's the word I'm looking for here? Like his his base. Think of how you would describe the Trump base. Like there's a bit of ignorance there. There's a bit of Evil. like, <laughs> well, yeah. I wouldn't say almost. Um, with Cardi. I think if she were to step into the political sphere, she would be going more left-leaning. And I don't think that the left would ever prescribe to that. So, I'm sorry. I I don't want to... It's not political I'm kind of trying to get at. It's more just... You literally just said five minutes ago that you... I want to get political. I know, but I I was lying. Don't at me. It's it's more just the, the media plan and the way they go about their quotes, in a sense, right? The fact that... Donald Trump was able to get the presidency on outlandish, ignorant, loud, you know, basically this kind of crazy sort of quotes he was making to get him to the political, to get him to the presidency. And Cardi B is almost the same. She has no filter. She's loud. She says a lot of politically incorrect things and a lot of people would deem to say not polite. She might be rude. You know, if the conservative were to look at a Cardi B video, I'm like, what is that girl doing, right? So I think it's, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a, a case study you can do on that in terms of how our culture looks at media in the sense that it's, again, clickbait culture. We're going to look at something that either is some sort of conflict or something politically incorrect or something that's kind of out of the norm. Like, oh, wow, someone said what? Oh, my gosh, we're going to click on this. Yeah. That just says something with the rise of social media and with the rise of what these celebrities are doing. And I think we're just going to keep going down this hole unless I – don't, I, don't, I don't see any sort of solution for that, right? You have celebrities now like uh, – who was his name? Takashi 69 right? Who's a very – Who? Okay, yeah, very. <laughs> uh, who? But I'm saying very controversial. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Celebrities I mean, like XXX, you know, extension. XXX RIP. RIP, literally. But think about this the following he had because he was this controversial figure and people yeah. kind of got behind that. It's, it's something to say that kind of what the last kind of five years of the 2010s is, is, is going towards. Yeah, there's, everything is polarization. But uh, by that same token, Somehow Cardi B, as much as she, in theory, on paper, as you describe it, should be a more polarizing figure, she's a universal figure. Like, she's a universal star. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, she, whether or not you subscribe to the music, that still is something that she falls back on. She drops hits tracks. It keeps her in the, on the charts. It keeps her on the radio. It keeps her in the mainstream, in the, in the public conscience. And then she makes news outside of that with her with her marriage, with her social media stuff, with the, th- the things that she comments on, the things that she wears, the feud with Nikki, this and that. She's always got something. But do you think this is the blueprint for celebrities moving forward? Is the Cardi B model? 
don't worry about your PR team. Say what you want. Loud and loud and proud and be as honest as possible. Is this going to be something we're going to keep seeing over and over again now? It's hard to say because in this space right now, the landscape has changed so much. In the fact that, for example, as I say, if you were to take um, take Cardi and make her Beyonce, that changes that whole thing. Like I think that in certain ways, as much as you can try to figure out the formula of Cardi, there are a lot of aspects of her that are an anomaly. Uh, yes, she was one of several who emerged from social media, the way that a lot of stars have emerged from, let's say, talent shows or um, being discovered one way or the other. Um, but there are certain aspects of her that are distinctly Cardi. And as much as you can take the blueprint of outspoken star, whatever, that's not everybody's cup of tea. Like, I think when you want to break from Cardi, you want a different kind of star. Obviously, in, in movies right now, there's Tiffany Haddish, who is very similar to Cardi. She's someone who became famous and started hanging out with A-listers and still seems to be the same girl who is a bit quirky, a bit, you know, quote-unquote ratchet. But that's also how she was before. And people, I think people are drawn to that. Um, it's very hard to say what... It's, I think it really means looking at who the next big star is going to be and what their model looks like. Because one of the examples I'm thinking of right now is, I don't know if you've actually followed the career now of Bad Barbie or Bad Bad Bad, bad Bobby. Bad Bo Baby is how she pronounces bad it. Baby. Bad that Baby. Bad Baby. No, it, Barbie. it's because I think there was a sort of copyright thing with Barbie, so it's so not it Bad Bobby. It's Bad Baby. But just the way how she has now made a career off Amori Povich. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil? Yeah. Oh, she was Dr. She was Dr. Dr. Phil, right? yeah. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> but off, off a Dr. Phil like TV appearance. Yeah. Well, off a meme. Yeah. Because that's, like, she became a meme. But now has a full-on rap career. And full-on is a bit of a statement because, yes, she's been nominated for a Billboard Award. Yes, she's charted. But she's still not on the level of like I think to me I look at that as like early Cardi like mixtape era Cardi. If Bad Baby came out with an album that was hot, and made top ten, and was doing the, these things that made her a legitimate artist, then I'd give her credit. But like the last I saw, she's still fighting with some person on TMZ, and she has like some Snapchat series that's coming out. Which sure, but I I'm curious how Danielle Brigoli is going to be. Uh, perceived in a year from now. But if she's using the platform, she t I've never seen that. I don't think you have either. She turned a Dr. Phil episode into a Billboard Award. Like that is, that's pretty impressive. On some level, but I think that is, is the blueprint of someone like a Chris Crocker, for instance. To me, that, that feels more leave Britney alone than, oh, she's, let's take her seriously now. But Chris Crocker didn't make music, did he? No, but Chris Crocker became a personality for a while. But still, off of I'm, a viral video. I'm just saying, but that's what Cardi was. Cardi was a viral internet star who's now turned into a rap career. Well, if you want to make the comparison between uh, Cardi and Bad Baby, Danielle Brigoli, as I'll refer to her going forward, um, government names only, for the ones we don't like. Um, she is not as likable. She's not likable. She's she became notable, not uh, notorious for being a bratty teenager on a talk show. Cardi B became notable for being funny and relatable in a an unconventional package. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm concerned about the fact that a lot of people are taking the Cardi B aspect of being loud, being, I don't give a shit about this, I don't give about what you're saying, and trying to kind of capitalize on that, like what Bad Baby is trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. The fact but that she's not a good person, like Cardi B is, yeah. right? And... But she's using a lot of the, basically the, the Cardi blueprint to create fame. Yeah, and but, I, and I th but that I think speaks more to Cardi's success because looking again at like the late 90s when Britney came out and did the, like brought back the teen pop and the teen pop star and then you had Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, Mandy Moore follow in the footsteps and she's like, when you think of that, you always think of Britney first. So regardless of who might come up from, again, the quote unquote, Cardi blueprint, Cardi is still the one, the prime example, and in a couple of days might be a Grammy winner for it. So what's next for Cardi? Well, hopefully a couple of Grammy awards. She's up for five. I think she's already said that she's going to have new music out this year. Uh, she's going to be doing festivals. She's going to be touring. 
she clearly is somebody that we're fascinated with on a personality level. Five years is a long time. I mean, you look at someone like Katy Perry, who her last album didn't do so well. You could say she kind of fizzled out, but she's not in the same level of trajectory. Uh, Gaga had a dip for a bit. Now she's doing the movie stuff and up for Oscars. Beyonce is the anomaly who has extended her trajectory because she's continued to uh, find new ways to fascinate us and do things differently and be like, put so much care into her art. With Cardi, I think with her, there's a level of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think that she, because of the fact that she's a personality, there's a level, as you say, with Kanye, where as long as she finds the right things to latch onto and the right things to comment on, and as the basis, has fun music to fall onto or, or something that still gets us engaged. Whether or not you think that was a, a, a groundbreaking album, which I don't think it was, it was a, a, a solid, fun album that I can listen to front to back, and I can use that as justification for her legitimacy. She's not just a personality, she actually is an entertainer. So as long as she can keep that going, she can have legs. My worry is that could this go stale? Could this whole act just get annoying? Let's just say in the next five years, it's the same sort of every year she goes on Fallon and goes, okay, like it's like, a, you know, it's the same act over and over again. Like does, could that potentially just get stale? Well, it's a matter of like any stand-up comedian, yeah. adding new material to your routine, right? So in five years, it probably won't be, or by then there might be a nostalgia for the, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of her continuing to keep our attention. That's my worry. No, and I think, honestly, if she- I'm not were, worried about it, to be honest. If she were to be gone, she would have been gone by now. So obviously it's not going to happen. She's been here for two years and it doesn't seem like she's going away. And especially, again, if the Grammys give her that legitimacy, like not that- a whole separate podcast we could do about the Grammys and what they actually signify in 2019, but they are still seen as the highest honor in music, regardless of any sort of uh, controversy behind it. So I think realistically, if she gets that validation from the industry, that gives her automatic legs. If it's not just like a one award, if it's a couple of awards and she can say Grammy award winner Cardi B and continue to do her thing, like that's another thing that you can use against her or for her against Nikki. As much as I hate to pit the two of them against each other, that adds legitimacy. Cardi or Nikki has never had a number one single, period, featured or solo. Um, if Cardi wins a Grammy before her, then she won a Grammy before Nicki Minaj. Right? That's just facts. Yeah. And I think I think the numbers are there for Cardi now. Cardi, that last summer, the the past, the fact that she's the only person with a number one, the only female rapper with a number one with no features. And she's the only female rapper to go number one three times. Of all time, ever. So, I She's think, got numbers, she's got records. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any sort of argument right now against her and Nicki in terms of actual hits and actual numbers if you, if you want to try and go down that road. Yeah. Do you have any other any other parting shots you want to give to this, this podcast or any, anything else you kind of want to get off your chest? All I got to say is Barty Gang for life. William Reed, where can they find you on social media? At W Reed, W R E I D. And you can find me at Sammy Davis Jr. underscore. Don't forget that. This is the Don't At Me podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. We'll be back soon. Ow. We promise. For better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs>